Hi, my beautiful souls, and welcome to Flourishing Futures Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. I'm your host, Taylor. Here at this podcast, we'd like to dig deep, talk real life situations, and help build each other. Thank you for tuning in another day. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's jump in to our next podcast. Thank you for joining Flourishing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and thank you for joining Special Guest Friday. I'm excited to bring on RJ. He's been one of my good friends for, I think, of almost like a year and a half now, and he's taught me a lot of good things, and I'm really excited to have him on tonight. We're going to let him speak about what's on his heart, and we're just kind of going to go with the flow of things. So, RJ, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you, Taylor. Awesome. So what would you like to speak on first? First off, I'd like to thank you for inviting me to your podcast. i like everybody to show some love to Taylor. She's one of a kind girl. Uh, when I got to hear about her story and check out her blogs, she just had my utmost respect. She's so different, and she, she's been through a lot. And just who she is today just speaks on the fact of, what we're going to talk about tonight about recovery about believing in the best of yourself and never giving up taylor is the embodiment of that and she's a champion i love her i'm not gonna cry or anything but that was really sweet so i'm excited so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are well yeah like she said my name's rj williams i just turned 23 two days ago uh I'm pretty much a nerdy, athletic guy. I like to joke around, but I can get serious and talk about conversations that make people uncomfortable. But I think that's the best way we we learn about each other, how we communicate and how we can grow with each other. Because uh, lately, it seems like people are getting distant with other people. And I, you know, that's not the best way to keep moving forward, especially if we're going to try to be some kind of what would you say, role model for the next generation? Yeah, we need to uh, be in it. We need to set an example, you know, and this I is the perfect way of doing it right here. Yes. And I completely agree with that. I do feel like, you know, there's not enough people speaking out about our personal experiences as far as what we've come from. I believe there's a lot of get rich schemes or, you know, well, if you do this, things will be better, but there's nobody talking about the root of the issue. And I feel like that's far and few in between. So I'm definitely with you on that one. Yeah. People are very afraid of experiencing discomfort or speaking on discomfort that they suffered with growing up. And that's completely understood, but I think it needs to be, people need to be more open-minded and feel like they're they can be accepted for what they've been through that that this is what made them not what break broke them if it takes a certain mindset to 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 go through pain and make that pain mean something you can't just have pain have no meaning because then that's when it really hurts emotionally and not just physically and i i second that and a lot of people don't understand that you know you can't overcome your past and you're not dirty because of your past and I've been there so many times where I've been scared personally to even tell people some of the stuff that I've been through, you know, because you're worried about what other people are going to think. And I have friends that'll be like, oh, I didn't know you went through all of that. I actually went through this. 
And there needs to be more people that are less of themselves and are open-minded to help those around them instead of so focused on their own ego. 100%. You said it best. Uh, That's what I love about you is that once you knew you could trust me and that we had a lot in common that we spoke on what made us who we are today. And that's, that's a, that leaves a very impact, very, very big impact on people like you and me. But imagine what it's going to be like for the next generation, what it's going to be like for, you know, your nieces, your nephews, your own kids, or people that just grow up looking up to you. You know, that, that's going to be very important to them when they see who you are 10 years from now, but what you had to go through to become who you are, because it's not going to be sunshines and rainbows. It's not going to be ice cream and pool days. It's going to be a lot of struggle. It's going to be a lot of uncomfortable moments, but that's probably some of the most valuable moments if you can turn it into something and make it mean something, you know? And I really, I really believe that's, that's what, that's a lot of Taylor. And I try to say that's what a lot of me is too, is I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for what I went through, you know? Oh, I completely agree. And it's definitely, it's a, so as far as like your story, what's something that you want to share that you've experienced that's helped make you who you are today? Well, I like, it'd be easier to start off just from the very beginning, you know, just talking about my childhood, talking about my family, you know, uh, sweet childhood, man. Uh, two little brothers. We were close as puppies and kittens, man. We, we always had each other's back. There was never a day when I wasn't with my little brother. This To this day, I've still stayed with them, you know, and so close to him, so close to my mother because she was always there for us, and my good old dad, he was always providing for us. He was he was doing his best to make sure that his family was taken care of, but it was very, it was, it was hard trying to be a man when I didn't really know what it was like to have a man around you know and when he was we always tried to be our best we always wanted to be our biggest whenever our dad was around but you know he was so busy he always had things to do so that was hard trying to but it meant something though it meant that I had to man up I had to do it on my own I when dad wasn't around and nobody was watching me nobody was going to hold me accountable but myself but that discipline was set in motion from the very beginning where I I wanted to be a man I wanted to if dad wasn't around, he wasn't a man in the house, I might as well be the man in the house, you know? Right. Um, so you feel like you kind of had to take some responsibility on a little bit younger than you were hoping for, but it taught you some good principles. Yeah. And uh, it made me feel a lot different from other kids my age. Some of them, you know, they they always had family around. They just, you know, they had their field trips. Parents showed up. That That was kind of uncomfortable, but... Me and my brothers grew up, we got used to it, but that's what made us different. We, we valued that. And later on in the life, that just made us stand out a little bit more. We, we grew from it. And being different is not a bad thing, especially when you can take pride in it. I, that's what I want to do. I want to take pride in being different. I want to take pride in coming from different backgrounds and try to grow relationships out of it because it's not so cool always being alone, you know? And uh, I guess further on from that, I was, uh, of course, I, I'd imagine I want to be a, I want to be a big man. I wanted to man up and take care of things. But, dude, I, I grew up so 
uh, I grew up getting picked on, man. I, I was very skinny. I got uh, picked on by kids younger than me, and it was it was kind of uh, it was so weird to think about it back then to now, and how that's what that's what was most uncomfortable, but also motivated me to keep going and keep finding a way to push past this limit, push past this social barrier, push past this weakness that I had. Cause I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be weak. I didn't want to be picked on no more. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't take care of myself. I want to be my own man. And things like that growing up definitely played a role into it. So you're, you going through school too, kind of sounds like a little bit of like mine, like getting bullied by people. It was, School was definitely not my strong point. I kind of hated it because everybody picked on me for my last name and, like, made that such a big goal to try to destroy me with. And I was actually really tiny, too. Like, I didn't really get bigger than others until I was in, like, the sixth or seventh grade. I was always tiny and always got picked on because of my size or, you know, I was always the quiet one for the most part, but I always tried to fit in there for a little while. And finally I just gave up and I was like, okay, well I'm different. There's no sense in trying to fit this in anymore. It's just not worth it. I'm curious. Tell me about uh, your last name. Why was that a joke to other people? So when I was younger, I went to school in this little tiny town. It was, um, you know, no disrespect, but it's, it's Brantley County. And anybody who knows Brantley County knows good and well, the, the kind of people that live there and that's not really a diss but for the most part people that were raised there were not really raised with good mentalities for the most part or they didn't come from good homes and that's not a diss in an ugly way it's just if you live there you would understand kind of thing because I grew up there so the kids there it was like if you weren't in the popular crowd then they would try to target you and make you less than so, and it was a small, it was a small school, so our classes weren't that big, but my last name is Gillis, so people would get behind me, and they would call me Fish Gills, and they, it was mainly boys that bullied me. They would get behind me in my ear and say it, or they would push me. I had, I had two different little boys that would actually try to beat me up on the playground, and one time I got wrote up for defending myself back because nobody would really, you know, take up for me. So I took up for myself one time and I actually fought one of the boys and then I got suspended for it for a couple of days, like OSS, I guess you would say. Wow, that's rough. But sometimes people don't realize how much you're really going through until, you know, you, you just kind of take matters into your own hands. And that's like my home life. My home life really wasn't stable as a kid. I kind of never knew what I was going to get when I would go home. And, you know, my mom, she always worked really hard. She was an LPN. So she had like you know, um, managing jobs as far as, like, over home health agencies and different stuff like that. So she was always really busy. So, and my dad, my dad was there, but he wasn't there at the same time. He was younger. He had me when I think he was about 18 or 19. So, and he was still in his wild phase. So 
when he got married to my mom, it was kind of like he was still trying to figure himself out. So he wasn't really present in the ways that he needed to be. But when he was home, it was like always had to try to earn, you know, his respect as a kid. And it was because, you know, of things that he also went through as a child is the reason to be as present as a father as I, you know, would have liked. But, you know, when you grow up, you realize things from a different perspective. So growing up, I was kind of like, well, why am I not good enough? You know, my real mom walked out when I was in the second grade and she just kind of never showed back up. So it was kind of like one of those things you're like, well, what in the world is happening? So, and I think that second grade is when my bullying started a lot because they thought that I had mental issues because I just kind of got depressed and I stopped. I was just kind of just stopped altogether. So they tried to put me on medication and different stuff, but thankfully my mom didn't let them. And I had some people that worked with me to show that I was actually really intelligent. I just, I was going through a lot. Yeah, you were emotionally troubled. You you really your brain ain't gonna function no matter how you know, how intelligent or how talented you are. If you're emotionally unbalanced, it's gonna be hard for the rest of the body to to perform, you know? So I understand that's at a young age too, and them trying to prescribe medicine that was a, a fix to it. I'm glad you had uh, friends around that made sure that your mental state was was in good shape, not some you know, prescription or help was just like some shortcut to fix it, some Band-Aid just to put on and have you, you know, taking medication to feel normal. Right. And I'm we all know that's not a good story. It is not. And, you know, as I've got older, I've had friends that, you know, medication does help. But I've had friends that unfortunately have had their experiences with medication and it's just not been a good experience. So, and I've watched, like, my nieces or my nephew grow up and have to take medication, and it makes them complete zombies when they're younger. It's like they lose all focus and who they are, and and they struggle. And I'm thankful that my mom said no and had people to work with me to be able to realize that I wasn't the issue. It was just my situation. I agree. Uh, my little brother, he was he was prescribed uh, some medicine a little bit and uh, for school, and he took it. And you know, he wasn't the all star student, but when he took it, he went on like autopilot and went like robot mode. And he was like an all star student all of a sudden. He went ahead and said, "I'm not doing this. This ain't me. <laughs> I know I wouldn't be this good in class. If I want I want to perform on my own. Uh, on my own, you know, uh, would you say skill set, not from a medicine you know because then how are you ever going to grow uh, from within if you're out if you're outsourcing towards something else to help perform you know right and that kind of so. brings me to like um experience and you know when I was I was going through some of the darkest times of my life like I actually tried substances as far as like pills like my ninth grade year you know I went through a lot that particular year and I did get bullied and I was just kind of tired of it. So I got around some friends and she was actually the girlfriend of a drug dealer. So 
he would bring pills to school and sometimes I wouldn't even ask what they were. I would just take them because it numbed my current situation, you know, and I was just kind of like, um, it's either this or I have to wake up and realize, you know, what I'm going through and I'd rather not deal with it at that time. So and I finally, I was just on the back of a school bus and I was, I was literally high out of my mind. I'm not even going to lie to you. And I was just laying there, and I was like, this is really ridiculous. And it was like, God was like, so are you going to be like the rest of your family, or are you going to choose to be different? And it was like, at that realization, I realized if I continued down the road I was going, that I would literally be addicted, just like the rest of my family. And I stopped things for a while, and then it was just like, I picked back up on alcohol, you know, and... I was an alcoholic for a while and I tried to I tried to kill myself so many times by over drinking and it was just like I would wake back up the next day and I'm like you know I'm kind of tired of waking up like this is ridiculous it didn't but, work for a reason there someone there was a, a higher power that saw what you were trying to do to yourself and was like your story doesn't end here that that you're gonna mean a lot one day and that this is not the way out this is not how you uh, your story ends and I'm glad it didn't and I'm glad that you were able to wake up you know and that you kept fighting and that you didn't give up because you came to the realization that you could keep trying to take the easy way out and eventually you would have found the exit even if it would have been downstairs it wouldn't have been exact it wouldn't have been what you deserve because what you deserve is what you're doing now to, to keep fighting and keep proving that giving up hurts a lot more than fighting through the pain and that is extremely extremely right and you kind of taught me a little bit about that too like you know this past october is when things shifted in my life and changed in a way that i had no idea was you know going to be in that context and you know i was thankful for a friend like you to be able to help push me through especially like going to the gym and everything like that was such a release and i was able to relate to you in a lot of ways from things you've been through and it was definitely it was definitely needed for sure yeah and what i told you was a bit shallow too I, I gave you the general idea of like how how my mindset is on my life and i as of right now it's, it's been pretty good i treat it like a video game but it came from a dark place you know where me and my buddy that i used to work out with i i still stay in touch with him he's a very strong young man he's gonna be He's probably going to be a college athlete. I don't doubt it. He's very talented. He's a hard worker. And uh, he told me that we, we both agreed on that strength and, you know, stories like yours, There's even if it's not physical strength, mental strength, emotional strength, it is born in the darkest places and your darkest moments. But when you decide that I've had enough and I'm never going to give up and that I'm going to prove to everyone that doubted me, that bullied me, that said I couldn't do or said that I'm just going to end up like – you know, like a waste of space, that's when it's born, when you finally flip the switch. And uh, I relate to you, too, because, um, like I said, I was different, I, and I embraced it. I was kind of the funny guy. I was a funny, skinny little dude that was called funny white boy and shit like that. Like, excuse my language, but uh, that was that was how I was referred to. But um, I, uh, I ended up on – I ended up – you know, having a relationship, it didn't work out well, but me and this girl, it just, we went our separate ways, but these guys that knew this girl, they, 
they had something against me, and I never even really knew them personally, but they, they said a lot of, you know, mean things about me, and me, I, I wanted to prove myself. I felt like being a man was challenging these boys and saying, oh, you got a lot to say about me. Go ahead. Let's fight. I, I don't want to do the talking. Talking's cheap. Let's go ahead and just fight, and I thought that was cool. I thought that was tough, so uh, I ended up bringing a couple of my buddies with me, and uh, those kids that wanted the fight um they told the principals they told counselors teachers coaches police all those uh adults and authorities that a couple of kids were coming to fight them and that's how i ended up getting in trouble with the law for the first time and i ended up on probation uh it happened in portal county or no portal in bullet county portal city um it was a. Uh, and then it just went downhill from there. I uh, I ended up on probation. And I was just a kid that was trying to get through high school, but now I'm having to, find, you know, come up with some money, and it was very hard doing that. You know, with the jobs that I had at the moment, I was working at a gas station. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and eventually, a couple years later. You know, I'm kind of going downhill at this point. I quit playing sports. I quit exercising. I quit staying in contact with my dad. I wasn't so focused on my grades in school no more. I just, I was starting to give up. And on my 18th birthday, uh, I was riding in the back of, on top of the toolbox on the back of a hunting truck. My brother was driving. A buddy was riding passenger. I was on a toolbox. And... You know, I wasn't holding on. I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I was just sitting with my legs hanging from the side of the, from the bed of the truck. And I fell face first. And uh, I suffered a stage three concussion. And uh, my my skull was cracked. My face was scarred from the complete half of the, my face was just missing. It was just rubbed raw. And I got airlifted all the way to the Savannah Hospital emergency. And... Uh, I, you know, I nearly, I I was very close to my story ending there as a failure, as someone who gave up everything, gave up all my passions, and just kept going downhill to where I just ate dirt, and that was going to be my last memory from my family that I was an accident, that just an accident killed me at the wrong time, and, you know, I ended up waking up, family was all there. They were praying for me. They were, my mom was there by my hospital bed for a whole week. Then it moved, never left the bedroom. And uh, that's when I realized, like, I got to get off probation. I got to heal. I got to go back to school. I got to get my stuff together because I was this close to my story ending like that with no legacy, with no inspiration, nothing to leave for the next generation, just, just, you know, my little brother's older brother, who was in trouble, had an accident, cracked his skull. I that that was very traumatizing for me, but in a good way. And ever since then, I I knew I had to change my lifestyle up. I knew I had to be a, a man. I knew that it was there was no more excuses. And I kept working on myself. A couple years down the road, around around when I turned, well, 
a couple months later after the accident, I I ended up breaking that promise. I, I almost me- forgot to mention that. I ended up breaking that promise to get my 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 business together, and I ended up getting in trouble with some pot. I was smoking pot on homecoming night of my senior year, and uh, I got caught driving with pot. I had a couple buddies in the car. I was the only one busted since I was an adult. Just violated probation that I was still on. But probation got extended for another year and a half. And it was rough on my mom. It was rough on family. And I felt even worse about myself. Half my face is missing. And now I'm and now I'm really down in the dirt. And uh, But I didn't give up. And I kept doing my best. I had to do some questionable things to get off probation i i they took my license and i couldn't go to work no more because of that uh suspension so i had to make money on the streets the fast way just so i could pay off probation it was so twisted but as soon as i paid probation off i was done hustling and that's how i got my my nickname, I used to, I've had a couple of nicknames, but one of my nicknames was Finesse. And that's whenever I was, I was a knucklehead. I was, I was making uh, rap songs on SoundCloud with buddies that I was hustling with. I was, uh, I wasn't at work. I was halfway performing in school. I wasn't exercising anymore. I was just trying to get it the fast way, you know? Uh, and it it really showed a lot about what hard times can turn people into and you nobody would have ever thought that would have been me but i all the experiences and actions that i committed ended up putting me in this situation where i'm walking down the street trying to sell some things and you know i just my reputation wasn't what i what it was supposed to be but uh, a very heroic person showed up in my life right when things was about to take a turn for the worse. His name, his name is Byron. He's my stepfather, and uh, dude, he he's straight out of a movie. I mean, he's been he's a he's a hero of mine. He he's uh he was in the armed forces. He was a Navy SEAL. After his, he also went the uh, UGA for uh basketball he used to play basketball at university of georgia he, he became a navy steel afterwards after he served his his uh terms in a service he ended up uh being a police officer in savannah savannah georgia and uh what's cool about him is he knew my mom they grew up together and uh they just ended up finding their way back to each other and he showed up in my in my life at perfect time because i was in a rough patch and it like i said i did break my promise but i still wanted the change i still wanted to find the real rj the best rj there was and it was hard doing it by myself and i kept messing up and i kept messing up and when he showed up there was no more excuses it was quit blaming other people, quit being a coward, man up like you said you were going to man up and take responsibility and do what it takes. Do what it takes to get your life together so you can 
you can have a story for someone else so you can inspire somebody else like he inspired me and uh, I know I spoke for a while right then but that's that timeline was pretty pretty serious about my legal trouble about me growing up from from 18 to 21 it was it was challenging and uh, I couldn't have done it without my mother and without my stepfather Byron Yeah, that was a, that was a lot, but how amazing is it that you overcome all of that? Like, yeah, you may have messed up, but if you wouldn't have messed up, it would have never put you in the position that you're at right now. So sometimes it takes us to go through our darkest hour or something that's going to really transition us to our future. Sometimes it takes some things that are questionable in our lives to help put us closer to our future yep he um that's what that's exactly how it played out too he showed up and he saw that i was working these these really rough jobs at lumber yards and and uh blade factories and he was like you know what rj you're a smart kid you might seem like you're some other kind of kid like you're some knucklehead who likes to hang out with hustlers and thugs but really you seem like a kid, a smart kid who wants to be in a classroom, who, who's got more to offer than that. And, uh, he got me back into school. I went to tech school. He helped pay it through for me while I had some, uh, hope scholarships and stuff, but he, he made sure I wasn't in debt or that I was struggling to have textbooks and whatnot, but he got me through it and he kept believing in me. And, you know, and that, that's all I needed was just that extra push, just that extra layer of support and um you know I, I went to school i performed real well and i graduated recently uh in uh may of 2022 well that that is phenomenal though to have somebody to step up like that in your life and to be able to you know help encourage you and be that role model to help push you a little bit further to be the person that you need to be like, those are the kind of people that we need in our lives. And, and I feel like they get sent at the most perfect opportunity. It may seem like a mess, yep. but they always come in right when you need them. Yep. And as much as I want to keep bragging about him, he's not just that, but he's an example to me. I want to be, I, I want, you know, everybody needs to find that moment, that opportunity, like you just said, that opportunity to, to be that hero, to, to step up and, not just save yourself, but see someone else who could use that extra layer. You could be that last straw that they need just to just to push over that hump that's been holding them back. That's been re recurring those same mistakes. You can be that that light, man. And uh, that's what I want to be. I think in a way how I talked to you just a little bit in October that, you know, it might have pushed you through something you were going through. And that makes me happy. But the impact is going to be much larger the more that I grow and the more that you grow that we're going to impact more people and I think that everybody has that 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 kind of story that kind of energy within them to impact other people's lives for the better yes and I completely agree and I so loved our time talking tonight like and the, your stories like also inspired me but not just inspired me it's going to inspire others too that have either went through the same situation as you have or a little bit different or similar. So my question is, what is one 
word or sentence of advice that you would want to give to those tonight? One word, I one sentence I know that uh, helps me a lot every day when I'm struggling or that I don't want to do something because it's difficult, but it has to be done is you can either thank yourself or you can blame yourself because at the end of the day, only cowards blame other people for things that happen. So what you can do right now is do something right now that's difficult, that's going to take courage, and it's going to take a lot of hustle to do but in the future you're going to be able to look back a week ago a month ago a day ago a year ago and say I'm very proud of myself and I appreciate myself for what I did then because this is where I'm at now and if it didn't take that much courage or that much belief in myself then it would have never gotten done and then I'd still be falling back or I would still be struggling with addiction or I'd still be struggling in a relationship it can be anything but all it takes is believing in yourself and holding yourself accountable. Yes, and I completely agree with that. At the end of the day, it's your choice to move on from what has happened to you. And that's kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm actually in trauma resolution therapy from the things I experienced, you know, as a kid. So it's up to you at the end of the day to make sure that you're bettering yourself and pushing yourself forward. Of course, have the people there that actually support you and what you're doing. That definitely makes a big difference. But at the end of the day, you have to hold yourself accountable for becoming a better you. Yep, that's how you learn to appreciate yourself later on. And that's how, that's where, that's where moments of strength are born like we spoke earlier that's where that switch is flipped and uh you know it makes me smile thinking about who you are today and what you've been through and what you told me you struggled with and how you overcame it and I'm hoping you know I'm very happy that you uh you're inspired and that you're uh very touched by my story and how I had to overcome it and uh a lot of people, every person has their own story, and I'd, I'd love to hear more people tell their stories on your podcast. Um, it's very sweet what you're doing. It's going to touch a lot of people the right way. And I'm so happy that you were able to be my first guest because I know we've talked a lot about, like, telling our stories one day or writing or just being there. And, like, I think this year, too, has been a lot for you to put yourself out there you know, like on Snapchat, like helping people at the gym and like being the advocate for people. Like you're almost like a, a big brother that's like come in to help people and to help build them. Yeah, it feels real natural. I've had a bunch of people tell me I'm uh, like a big brother to them that uh, a voice in the dark that they can hear and that they, 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 they need it to hear and that, uh, it makes me happy. It gives me a purpose, and that's very valuable. You need to find your purpose. You need to find that passion that keeps you going forward, that that won't allow you to give up. That's what I found a passion for and fitness and, and mental health because I struggled with both, and I I wasn't always a fit RJ, and I wasn't always a mentally healthy RJ. I was uh, I struggled at one point, too, and, when, and people who've seen me overcome those, those challenges – uh, and, and the flesh, or they've heard about the stories, they seem like 
it, it seemed like it changes a switch in them for a moment and hopefully it's permanent. The more I tell them about it and the more I show them on Snapchat or other forms of social media, I hope for the better. And I want it to make stronger people, more healthier people. Yes. Well, I'm so thankful to have you a part of this podcast and I, and I can't wait to share it and have other people just listen to, you know, your inspirational story and the things that we discussed tonight. And hopefully I can have you on another time and let's just discuss different topics. Yeah, definitely. Cause, uh, I just touched the surface right there. I got more to bring on later on and I'd be happy to get back on the podcast. It was very sweet. Yeah, for sure. Well, you take care, RJ, and we will see you soon. All right. See you later. Good night. See ya. Good night. What an amazing podcast and what an amazing way to end a Friday night. If RJ said something that was inspirational to you or stood out, please make sure to comment or email me or message me. I want to know. I want to know what stood out to you and just made you feel like, hey, I can relate to this guy. This is something that actually inspired me or something that really just speaks volumes to your soul. Like, I want to know those things. Again, we want to give a big thank you to RJ to stepping out and just being completely honest and just letting himself be vulnerable in front. Well, not really in front of, but I guess we could say just to people listening, you know, that takes a big step of courage. And I'm thankful for people that are choosing to step up and to, you know, tell about what they, some of the things they've been through or what they've been through to help inspire others because that's what Flourishing Futures podcast is about. And I'm so excited. So I can't wait to see you guys on Tuesday. Um, make sure to like, share, and subscribe and stay posted. I'm so excited because on Tuesday, I will be discussing more about my childhood and some of the things that I went through. So it's going to be a little bit more in depth. So I can't wait to have you guys a part of that. So make sure to come ready and just be just be you. So good night, my beautiful souls and have a fantastic weekend. I will see you on Tuesday.